já viu rico namorar pobre? Well, hello and happy Friday. It's such a good feeling. We are actually recording on a Friday today. So we get to enjoy that Friday feeling just like you do listening to this episode. And man, does it feel good. Um, as always, I have my beautiful co-hosts here with me. We have the lovely Shane Howell. Hey, bitches. And the incomparable Sherry Thompson. Hello. Hi. How are you? Sherry's getting the ASMR already. I know. <laughs> She's getting voice in on that microphone. so soothing. I'm loving the soothing voice. Is it really? Thank you, guys. It's giving me Tabitha. You know, Aunt Tabitha. <gasps> I love her. The vegan? <laughs> From TikTok. Yeah. The vegan. <laughs> yeah. The one who got Wendy Williams together. Oh, she actually fully gathered Wendy Williams, and we did not discuss that. She said, when you can find a husband and a family... That can uh, vouch for you. I said, damn, you got the vegan. Girl. Somebody on Drag Race recently did her for Snatch Game. And it was, it was like, it's so unfortunate because like it was too obscure, but like she nailed it. Like it was good as fuck, but nobody had like heard of her. They didn't like, know who stuff. Aunt Tabitha was? They like just hadn't paid attention to her stuff, I guess. So like they weren't getting the jokes and like, it, yeah, it, it wasn't landing, but it was so funny. <laughs> Basically, this is Tabitha. You is smart. No, you is kind. You is smart. You is important. That's that's Aunt Tabitha right there. Let me get that's out of that Davis. Box. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, it is. I I just took that line from the help. Um, but literally, that would be what Aunt Tabitha would do. Thank you. That was weird that you did that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. Let's, let's move on. I'm embarrassed. Okay, that's fine. Um, so what are you two listening, watching, wearing? What are your recs this week? Um, so technically, since we had our, our little week off last week, it's been two weeks um, with our little part one, part two moment. But... I'm still going to throw it back to a couple Fridays ago, two weeks ago. Um, and our girl Lord released her third studio album, Solar Power. Um, two very mixed reviews on this like social media. Personally, I loved it. I stayed up till midnight to listen to it on Thursday night. Um, I think that it's a very interesting, like, track for her it's a brand, it's a really new sound it's there's something about i think our age like growing up kind of close in age to lord that each album i've been going through in my own life like the same things that she's like bringing up in her music and the same stuff that she's been going through and this album especially like hit just in the same way like i was like you know what i don't really need an album full of like bangers or like 808s like i i really like this old like 60s 70s style like psychedelic rock like just really chill really 
nature focused and like earth focused and I, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a lovely album. I'm, I have tickets to see her next April and I, I can't wait. I just want to like smoke a joint and listen to her. I honestly <laughs> get, and this is like a, I don't ever use this comparison because if you know me, you know that I love this group, but it was giving me a little bit of Fleetwood Mac. It was kind of like Fleetwood Mac-y, which I, Fleetwood Mac is like probably the artist of my lifetime. Um, and for me to say that is a huge compliment. And honestly, did she master it? I don't know. I mean, the only people to master Fleetwood Mac is Fleetwood Mac, but I appreciate when an artist goes outside of their norm and delivers something that's like new, unique and different. So I liked it too. I agree. Yeah. Um, just like my, Cole's inspiration. Also ABBA. ABBA has a new album coming out. It's very quick, um, but it's been I know. 40 this years. This is not like, a drill. This ugh. is not a drill. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. My recommendation is kind of in the same vein as yours. So Kanye West released an album freaking finally freaking finally after us waiting for like a freaking month of him having a freaking release concert then another one then another one in chicago like it was a lot you know kanye would be doing too much sometimes but one thing i will say and this is something that you all should know about me because i wear this proudly although he is a controversial person kanye as an artist is like in my opinion, one of the greatest artists of our generation. And that's not just my opinion. Ask Rolling Stone Girl. They literally said Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was the best album in the past 25 years. I'll agree with that. It's probably my favorite album that's released in my lifetime. It's beautiful and masterful. And I don't know that we'll ever get that Kanye West again. I will say Donda, he pissed me off because he made me wait too fucking long for the album. And I was like, no matter what this man does at this point, I'm not even going to fucking like it. I stand corrected. I actually really enjoyed the album. In true typical Kanye fashion, there were a couple of tracks on there that did not need to be there. I think the track list is like 26 or 27 songs. Like, bruh, I'm going to need you to be able to let go of some of these. Some of these needed to stay on the cutting room floor because this shit is just not good. So will I say it's a perfect album? No, but it's something very different. So I started listening to it and like three tracks in, I noticed that all of the curse words were like bleeped out and it's technically a gospel rap album. So he has like young thug Jay-Z, like all of these artists who are known for using like these explosive expletives and it's, like they're not there. It's not an explicit album, which I thought was a really interesting choice. And also he has a couple of Jamaican artists on there. Bougie Banton is on there. My girl Shinsi is on there. So overall, I have to say I enjoyed the album. Drake's album dropped at 2 a.m. this morning. I have not listened to it yet. I will with a fresh, fresh ears, although I'm not the greatest Drake fan. But if you haven't listened to Donda, I recommend giving it a listen. My only thing with Donda and it, it makes it very hard for me to like listen to the album with a blank slate in mind. I do not. And it's like we just talked about, about him a couple of weeks ago. I don't like the fact that he doubled down and continued to have DaBaby on his album, Marilyn Manson. Like there's so many things. There's all the rumors that had come out about him. Like his basically like the, like the label being like, you need to remove them. Like they need, because there's too much shit around it. Like they need to go. And he doubled down was like, no, they're going to stay on the album. And like, it's, I, I personally, I'm so conflicted when it comes to Kanye West today, back 15 years ago, 
I don't know. It's, it's, I didn't personally like Donda that much, but I also see what you're coming from. And I didn't know this stuff about it being a gospel rap album. I didn't catch that. I think that's really interesting. I think he's a really interesting artist. I just, there's a lot about him that I just like can't get past and and listen to the music with a completely open mind about it. And I totally agree. And I'm one of those people that are like, no artist is free of criticism. He 100% needed to take the baby off of the fucking album, especially because the first iteration of that song was the version that he did the first album released with Jay-Z. First of all, sir, there's no way you're removing Jay-Z from a track to put the fucking baby on your album. What are you doing? Who? Wait, who? Jay-Z? You mean Beyonce's husband? Yes, Beyonce's husband, arguably the greatest rapper of all time. (laughs) Yes. You don't take Jay-Z off of your rap album to put the fucking baby baby. on it. Like, that's just a fucking joke. he's in the middle of controversy. Like That's a joke. And, like, the entire internet was like, I know this nigga Kanye is not about to take take Jay-Z off of his album for the baby. And so instead of doing that, he just put the the baby version on the album as well. I'm like... And so I'm 100% skipping that song. Like, there's no need for me to listen to it. One, because the baby's on it and Marilyn Manson. And two, because I just fucking heard it with Jay-Z. So I don't need to hear it again. The Jay-Z version is hard as fuck, though. I'm not going to lie. That shit hits. Not going to lie. But yeah, I agree. I don't think any artist is free of criticism. And he deserves it because he's a fucking loose cannon. And he does things that are just not okay. But you know what? Let me go ahead and say this. Kanye West is a, not just Kanye West. Kim Kardashian West is a fucking clown too, because she was with the tomfoolery during these fucking listening parties. And why the fuck did this girl come out in a fucking wedding dress and they reenacted their wedding, even though they're in the midst of a divorce? I'm like, y'all, the publicity grabs, they've got to stop. It's giving the very publicity corny. are way too much. <laughs> it's so corny. Sherry, what is your recommendation? Because honestly, Kanye, he'd be making me so pissed because I'm like, I just want to enjoy your music, bro. You're one of my favorite artists ever. And you come with the fucking shenanigans. And it's just really, it's hard to defend. Um, Mine is a documentary. It's always a documentary. I've been on Netflix just actually watching media lately. Um, Is the Bob Ross documentary that came out like, I want to say two weeks ago. Very interesting. I'm ready to throw hands at the Kowalskis. Do not buy Bob Ross merchandise. If you haven't seen this, like, should I just give the synopsis? Is anyone going to watch this? Like, is that okay? Okay. I, I yeah, got the don't nod, give any spoilers, so. but just give us the idea. Well, it's a, it's a spoiler because, yeah, I just know okay, I'm ready no, to wait, don't, don't spoil it because I actually want to watch it if you're telling me that it was good because I it's saw it. And- very interesting. A lot of people, this is not um, a spoiler. A lot of people did not want to do this documentary because they were scared of getting sued, which I was like, not Bob Ross. What's going on there? When you watch it, it's like exactly what you think, but also what the fuck. Also, another um, documentary, because it's it's not as like explosive as we think, but I also watched uh, Misha and the Wolves, which came out, I think it was at Sundance, um, and it just premiered on Netflix. Fascinating. So Misha and the Wolves is about this little girl who said that she was walking in Nazi Germany to find her parents in Auschwitz or wherever they were deported. And she gets taken in by a pack of wolves. And it's about the story because this was based quote unquote on a true story. 
and how it got published in the United States. And honestly, the turn that it takes to go is um, crazy. Yeah, I I have to agree with you there. That's a really great recommendation because I went on a wild ride and I did not expect. Was very confused. There were twists, there were turns, like it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is the documentary is a true story. And that's I'll leave it there so you can watch it. Look at you, Sherry, coming through with the, recommend, the recommendations that are educational. She's giving me highbrow. She's giving me young, gifted, and black. I like it. I'm into it. Thank you Scholarly. so much. Didactic. Meanwhile, mine didactic. is literally Kanye West, the spawn of Satan's new album. Like, I'm trash. Anyway. Um, Pure Souls is a great do. song. I love Pure Souls. Pure Souls is amazing. He has so many songs in the album are really great. And that's what I really struggle with with Kanye West is it's like Kanye West, the artist is truly so profound, but as a, it just like the person doesn't match. I'm like, it's really weird to me. I'm like, is there a ghostwriter who's writing all of his songs? That's just like brilliant that we'll never find out about because it is really startling the disconnect between his music and like who he is as a person. I mean, of course he's known for like his like grandiose bravado and things like that. And like, you do get that in his music, but he's like genius level intelligence when it comes to like the ways that he composes music. And I just don't understand how he could be the same person who said he was running for president under the birthday party. That shit don't add up. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's still hilarious. I I know it's like not funny in real life, but the birthday party, come on. Um, okay. So this week we thought we would do something a little bit different. I mean, honestly, season three, we're just full of all of these little tricks and tips and fun little turns. You know what? Three seasons, you got to keep it fresh. We want you guys to keep listening to this podcast. We don't want to keep delivering the same stale shit every week. So we thought we would do something different. We're just going to do a little personal check-in because our listeners are always asking us our opinions on things, where we stand on things. So why don't we just do a roundup on all of the questions that we get in our inbox? Um, And this is a friendly reminder. If you ever want to ask us anything, you need advice from the three panelists, you just want to ask us something personal about ourselves, shoot us a DM, email us, whatever you'd like. And we'll be happy to discuss those things. So um, after last week's episode, a topic that was brought up by many was just dating and kind of where we are and what our status is relationship wise at this point. Um, so I thought this could be interesting for us to discuss kind of where our heads are at when it comes to finding a mate. Um, I can kick us off. So I, I think I talked about this already this season, but I was in a long-term relationship with a person. Um, and we decided to uncouple and, you know, it has been, I will not lie to you guys. It has been very difficult for me just because, you know, being with this person, I really thought that this would be kind of like a long-term thing. And the fact that it ended, it was very, just like, honestly, very sad. So 
I guess for me, I'm kind of where I am is dealing with the hurt, assessing what happened in that relationship so I can make a pivot and show up in ways for myself that I maybe didn't in that relationship and like kind of just learn from that so I can take that into my next relationship. I am dating. So if you know anyone that you think would be a good match for me, let me know. I'm totally open. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't think we talk about heartbreak enough. Like it's always people just saying like, Oh, well, like he did this. Well, fuck him, sis. Or like this happened. Well, like he's dead to me. Like, and I think while those conversations can be empowering, I also do feel like they leave out a huge part of the conversation, which is sometimes, even though, you know, this person isn't right for you, you wanted those things to work so much that like that feeling of heartbreak is like almost physically crippling, you know? But hey, I'm optimistic. I don't have any hard feelings for my previous partner. I think it's normal and healthy for people to be adults about adult relationships. Like just because it did not work out between the two of us, I wish him nothing but the best. I I will never talk trash about him really to anyone just because I think he was a great person. That's why we ended up staying together. He's just not my person. And I think that's okay too. You know? That's a good place to be just in life, not just after your relationship. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm happy for you. That's, that's a good starting. Actually, that, like I said, it's just a good place to be. So Sherry, yeah. once again, coming through with this sultry ASMR, talking into the mic saying, that's a great place for you to be. And I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that <laughs> you're you with a us. therapist, Ebony? Because this is really <laughs> She's giving me Delilah on the radio. <laughs> Delilah! She's giving me Delilah, bitch. Do you got a song recommendation? <laughs> Let me Delilah. tell you. <laughs> I put my microphone on the stand, which is what I've been fiddling with this whole time. Um, and it has really changed the way my diaphragm is opening up and breathing. So I'm able to give you all of the, I don't know, is it the range without that horrible pitch that I have sometimes? <laughs> I mean... Thank you for opening up, obviously, about how you've been feeling. I think a lot of what I would have to say is very similar to Sherry. I think you have a very good, very mature outlook on this situation. Um, you know, that I obviously think that you deserve the best and you deserve to find somebody that treats you the way that you deserve to be treated. And having seen you going through it like live, like in person and all that. I think like you've even just in the last like month alone, you've come like such a long way in the, the process of like healing and moving forward. And you've done it in a way that I'm envious of, um, because I wish that I <laughs> could do it so quickly. <laughs> Listen, when I tell you, I one second will be like, I'm a bad bitch. Like, oh, yes, bitch. You about to go out. You about to meet men. You about to be wined and dined. And then literally one second later, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like hysterically crying literally one second later. But hey, I mean, I feel like sometimes that's just how it goes. But all of that is valid, right? Like those feelings of feeling like you've been kind of unleavened from a burden and like now you can kind of flourish as your own person. That's valid, but also still feeling those moments of sadness because it's almost like dealing with a death. Like I used to talk to him every day. I used to see him almost every single day. Like 
there was not something that was happening in my life that he did not know about. We texted all day. We had constant communication on Twitter, on Instagram. Like anytime I saw something funny, it's like, oh my God, I have to send this to him. So those little things, like they add up and sometimes it can be overwhelming, you know? Yeah. You don't realize just how big of a part of not only your life, but like literally your day or even just your hours. Like you don't realize like how big of a part they are in that until it's like not there anymore. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, it is like, it, it's something that has to be like great. Um, what are your opinions on blocking an ex on social, like blocking their phone number? Like, what do you guys think about that? I think that's your call. I mean, I think at the end of the day, when it comes down to a situation with an ex, like, well, you know, maybe that person gets pissy if they get blocked. It's like, that's not about, it's not for them. Like if you need to block someone, if that's how, I, I mean, maybe because like social media is such a big part of our daily lives that if that's what it takes and that you need to completely remove them and block them and silence them, like from your social media, like you got to do what you got to do. And I, I, I don't see a problem with it. I personally don't myself, but I think part of it is like a, just with how I deal with things and how I cope, like I need in order for myself to like move on and like feel the strength to like not let it affect me. I need to, I need it to still be accessible. You know what I mean? Like I need it. I need to know that it's there, but I'm choosing not to see it. I'm choosing yeah. not to partake in it. Um, because if I just cut something entirely, that doesn't, that kind of like gets in the way of my own process for dealing with things and finding like my own independence and strength. And like, I guess for me in my personal life, that's the easy way out. And I know that if I do that, like I'm taking the easy way out, I'm not going to, I'm not going to heal the best I can from it. Um, how do I feel about blocking exes? I mean, like Shane said, do what you need to do. I personally don't really have very many people blocked, um, which probably should change honestly in like a, in my sphere, because I feel like people that I have been intimate with, um, like in a relationship before, I feel like sometimes I'm too friendly, which holds me back in future relationships. So I think I need to start utilizing a mental block in a healthy way, um, for shutting down like romantic vibes that I think are happening that are not, if that makes sense. Know what I mean? Cause sometimes you can make up things. No, that definitely you, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, yeah, Shane, to build on what you're saying, I just need to do it more like, and have a boundary for myself. And if that comes to physically blocking someone, then it needs to come to that. I'm just so nice sometimes that I lose myself, which is my problem with dating ever. See, I, at this point, don't, I don't believe in like blocking an ex. I feel like it kind of leaves a lingering animosity that like doesn't need to exist. Right. It like creates this tension that like, I don't think needs to be there. Now I'm a huge proponent of muting that person. So they don't come up on my like stories when I'm viewing them. I don't see their posts. Like, I think that's fine. Like I don't need to see their 
shit come up in my day-to-day life. But I feel like just leaving the door open and letting them know, like, there's no hard feelings here is a healthy, positive thing to do. Now, I'm not the type of person who keeps in touch with my exes, though. Like, if we break up, like we probably will never talk again unless unless it's something that you truly need like i'm not the type of person who's like checking in like how are you doing like whatever because honestly i'm of the belief that people just don't get over people like in life if you shared something with someone and you truly had a com- connection with that person that's not something you're ever just going to like get over like it could be 10 years from now and those feelings still come up so for me knowing that i'm like it's healthier not to engage in casual banter because like it's just not serving me, you know? Sherry, what is your dating life and your status looking like? Tell me how I'm sitting at my computer hoping that you would not ask me next, but like there's, I'm one of two options. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please don't pick me. Like, duh, I'm 50% chance. I took statistics once in college. Um, Anyway, so my dating life, actually, this is one of the areas that I am the least confident about in my life. Um, I It's currently zero. Like if it could be negative, it would be there. Like the most negative it could be. I have not had any romantic connection really in almost like two years. Like I'm, I'm out of the game. I'm rusty. Woo! Like, just pray for me, y'all, because I don't even know how to jump back in, especially after COVID. I'm also very scared of getting infected with COVID. So it's hard for me to even be close in proximity to people. But um, for me, I've always had an issue. My mom tells me this all the time where I jump into the fire and then get burned. So um, I'm always like, this is a good idea. This is a great idea. I'm, this person is really awesome. And then um, I get into a relationship. I'm like, what the, f- how did I miss all of these red flags? It's, it's honestly, it's the Red Sea at this point because there are red flags everywhere. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I'm in a situation. Um, and that's usually what goes on. And it's part of the reason um, I don't date often. Um, it's to the point where a lot of people think that, um, they think I'm not straight because I don't date often, which I think is very interesting. Um, that, uh, not necessarily the, the queer community, but the straight community, especially men, um, they believe that I am queer because I do not advance myself in that way, which that's a commentary on straight men, because if you're not attracted to me, then you must be. A lesbian. <laughs> yeah, because God, how how on earth could you not be attracted to any men right now? Like, how on earth could you like be focusing on yourself for a second? Like, you must be it's, gay, right? I feel like it's more than that, though. Like, it's been this way since I was little. So my head has always been in a book. I've been your you know stereotypical nerd with black girl with pigtails, head always in a book. Like, I could have been in Hidden Figures, low key, um, but. uh or, you know, Aquila and the Bee. I literally changed my aesthetic a little bit as much as I could because I was in eighth grade to get away from Aquila and the Bee. Like, I swear to God. And I say that to say 
most guys, I feel like she's all that kind of, especially because he's all that on Netflix just came out. It's like I'm a project. So I feel like I have been out of that realm um, of like for straight men at least. So, so I, I have I a just, follow up uh, question. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about how people have mistaken you for being queer because yes. you are not having those relation, those romantic relationships with people. Is yes. that by choice? Are you choosing not to have re- romantic relationships with people or it's just you're no one is giving you that like spark, that feeling. I think it's a cycle. I think one feeds into the other. And it's like I said, it's been like that my whole life. So I, I don't have a reason to change it. Um, it's more of a, if you believe that, then okay. And then I just fall into that pattern. It's not that for a long time, I, I was like, mm, am I weird? Is that why people think that I'm a part of the queer community? And I was like, first of all, that's rude. That's super rude. You should not think that of people. And that's why I have a problem with it because you didn't ask me, you just assumed. How about you ask people their preference? It's kind of like asking someone their pronouns. You know what I mean? How about you, instead of assuming what's going on, you ask that personal person. I don't know. Um, But I do have, I obviously, I do have feelings for people. It's just, I'm very selective. So a lot of people, I shut down, um, I shut down any form of like, sexual advance, especially at work. Cause I work in a restaurant. There are a lot of advances from everyone, the staff, the, the guests, there are a lot of advances. And because I do not respond and I get used to that in my work mode, I think it bleeds over into my personal life. So are you at this point open to dating? Like if you met someone, would you be open to like having a romantic relationship or are you at the point right now where you're like, I am not interested in that at all. No, I'm, I'm interested. The thing is I'm not interested in putting myself out there and that's the issue. Well, I think I am, there's levels to interest. Right. So I think like, sometimes it's like, I'm interested. If I were to meet someone, then yes, I would be interested. And then there's also that next level. That's like, okay, I'm not only interested, but I'm actively looking. So that's that next step. There's levels to how interested you are. I think it's totally fine to be casually interested. And if someone presents themselves to you, then you'll have that option. But if there ever is a time where you, actively are like this is something that i'm looking for is companionship then that can change you know yeah well if anyone falls in my lap absolutely i'm gonna consider it but that doesn't really happen and that's why i am where i am today so follow up my last follow-up question am i interviewing you like what's happening my last follow-up question do you at this point want to find a part a long-term partner or you're kind yeah, of just I do. happy living life. But I've also, so part of my narrative has been that I'm like the typical shrew. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm not willing to change that about myself. Like I also have come to terms that I want certain things for myself and I'm unwilling to compromise on them. And if it means that I have to sacrifice having a relationship, then so be it. Um, I'm too old for this shit at this point, but that doesn't mean I don't want to be in a relationship. I've always wanted to be in a relationship. I would love to find my person. It's just, I don't know 
if the person that I'm looking for is in my immediate sphere, that would require me to actively go find it. But I'm tired and I don't want to actively pursue anyone right now. I think that's fair. And guess what? That might have something to say about like where you are personally, you know, like if you really, really, really wanted a companion, then you would find one. So maybe you just don't need Mm -hmm. that right now. You know, I would venture to say I need it because I get lonely. I would say I need it. I think everyone needs companionship in that way to a certain extent. And I would, I would say that I need it. I just don't want to go find it. You know me, I'm like a serial monogamist all the time. Everyone's like, you are always in a relationship. So you don't have to tell me. I think I agree. There's definitely something to be said about romantic companionship because you're able to kind of experience something that you cannot get with your other like casual platonic relationships. And another thing, it feels so good. The feeling of being in love is like such a good feeling. You just want to bottle that feeling and just like live in it forever. And so I think for me, that's why I like to be in a relationship is because overall my general attitude is happier. You know what I mean? I'm like that feeling, you know, when you have a crush on someone and it's like, Oh my God, I have a crush on this person. And like you see them and like literally you get butterflies. It's like, if you're in a relationship with the right person, that feeling is there all day long, every day. Like you like wake up and you're like, Oh my gosh, like it's another day with these butterfly feelings. It's just so fun. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I think, (laughs) um, are you okay over there? I know I'm good. I haven't, I haven't said a lot during Sherry's just because a lot of what Sherry's talking about is, is very similar to what I would have to say on this topic. Um, so, I mean, are we, are we continuing? Go for it. I don't want to, I don't want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. I mean, I think like for me personally, like I am single. I've been single now for like officially for what, three years. Um, and I was coming out of a, uh, fairly serious relationship that, I hesitate to say three years just because like it was off and on, like probably until like about a year ago. Um, but it was long distance. It was never something that was serious or monogamous, um, except for the first year. Uh, and that was the most serious relationship that I'd been in. And that was my last year of college. And then upon moving here to Atlanta, I started to, uh, just embrace being single more. And I realized like, for the first time in my life, I was doing that. Like, I feel like a lot of people get that out in college years. And, um, for me, like, while I would put some of it up to the fact that like, I didn't really have a dating life in high school being gay, I didn't really date. Um, and then in college, I mean, I, with rehearsals and stuff with our, our major, like, I mean, I was on campus every day from like 8am to like 11pm. I just had no, I had no time for dating. I had no time to be around people that weren't my friends or my castmates. Um, and I was totally content with that. I always feel, felt like theater was a relationship in itself and any dates that I went on, they would have to be aware like that they, they were not going to come first. Um, but then after moving all that like went away and I was thrown into a city with a massive gay population, very little acting work, like compared to what I was doing before. And just like for the first time in life, got to experience being single and having fun and like, I think I've learned a lot about myself in the last few years to a sense that I am now at a place that I 
when you ask about like being interested and, and how interested we are, like I go through phases because I'm like, I'll go on dates, but then the more I think about it, I'm like, you know, I don't know that I want a relationship right now. There's a lot about being single that I don't want to give up. Um, a lot about my independence that I've, I've come to really enjoy and it's been really great for my own mental health and it's helps me learn to love myself a lot more. Um, but at the same time, there are definitely the moments too, especially like give it, what is it? Beginning of September, give it a month and a half. And whenever we get into late October, bitch, <laughs> I'm going to be at this place. Yeah, I'm going to be the like fall comes around and I get to a place for like, you know, into winter where I get to a very, like very lonely state of like, I, I do want to have, yep. No, truly. Yep. Like, I do Coughing want somebody, season. I do want to wake up next to like a warm body in the morning. I want to, I want to have those feelings and I want to be with somebody. But then at the same time, once I have it, I'm like, I don't know that this is like what I want and what, what is for me right now. And it's also, this kind of goes on a separate topic. Um, but I feel like it's especially relevant within the gay community, but the idea of polyamorous relationships and open relationships. And that's something that pretty much all my life, like I, I was very lucky growing up. I have two parents that have are very much in love. They've been together now for, I mean, their 30th anniversary is next year. Like if they were wow, to ever get good for them, no, no, if they were to ever separate or divorce, like that would truly, that would be the biggest shock of my entire life. Like they found each other. It's that's their, their story is the very traditional, like typical, like they found the one they just knew they got married. That was it. Um, so growing up, I always had this idea that that was what I needed. That was, that was what was true. That was what it needed to be. And it wasn't until like a few years ago that I learned that that's probably that's, that's not the case, and it doesn't have to be the case um, for everybody. And you know what I think is interesting. What's up? I'm just sorry to cut you off, but to interject really quickly, both of you have parents that have been in very, very, very long relationships. And both of you at this point are happy to be single. Me, my parents were separated, divorced most of my life. So I think for me, I have always wanted to find that like long-term partner. Cause it's almost like finding a unicorn in a forest. Like I almost don't believe that it's real, but I want to find it so badly because I never really saw that, you know? That's interesting. I can agree with that. My parents, they celebrated their 35th anniversary this year. Oh my God, yeah. congrats to them. Yeah, I mean, they're annoying because I know if I don't <laughs> find that, I won't be with anyone. And I tell them that all the time. And they say, we didn't intend for that to happen to you guys, but you guys are the model that we're looking at. If we can't have that, yeah. then... And I, and I appreciate having had that model. Like I, I would have, I would have taken that over the alternative and like, it's, I've gotten to a place that I am very content and I'm very happy with where I am. And, and I am very content with being single. I have once, like I said, this is going to, where we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent with it, but like in terms of having fun and like a sex life and becoming more sex positive, like that has happened to me in the last like few years. And it's something that I never really had before and never had like the mindset for it. And, um, you know, typical growing up in the Bible belt, sex education and the way that all that's taught and abstinence advocation and everything and all that fucking bullshit. 
And like, I realized a few years ago, like how chained down that made me feel just about my body, about my sexuality, about other people. And in the years since, like I've gotten to a place where I was uh, telling my friend the other day, I was like, I think I'm at a place where I, I truly think that like, I would not be, and not, I don't want to say I wouldn't be happy. I would not actively seek out a completely monogamous relationship. I don't think that's something I'm interested in. Um, I don't know that, that means that I'm interested in a polyamorous relationship. Like I, I think I would still like ideal situation, at least at this point in my life, I would like to find, I mean, obviously I want to find my person. I want to end up with somebody that I am in love with that is in love with me, that we have a life together. But when it comes to the physical side of things, I would, I would love to have an open relationship. I would love to have the freedom to explore that side of things together. Um, and to have like that openness and, it's something that I think is really interesting to observe within the gay community because it's something that I know a lot of straight people, <laughs> my family included, would be like, they just cannot comprehend that. Like they cannot comprehend the idea of like how on earth, like with this, like, how do you, how do you have sex with other people that still come back to each other? And so I, I completely understand what you're saying because I am open maybe eh, I would say yeah I would say sexually as well like you know even making a consideration and taking it into consideration I would say is being open I find in hetero relationships uh, maybe this is this it, I have two questions I guess I guess this is more normal for uh, the queer community right where it's like if something is different you will explore it before saying no versus in the heterosexual community if you have like any type of different, um, different, uh, reasoning or even decision, like, I don't know, male, female roles, you're immediately like, you're an outcast, you're a pariah. Like it will, it's, it's a no, it's a hard no. Um, and I think that's part of the reason, because if someone brings something to me that is not normal, I'll actually consider it. And I find that in a heterosexual relationship, they're like, Hmm, is something wrong with you? And I think it's so interesting you talking about open relationships because I feel like that comes up a lot in the heterosexual community. And part of the reason people part ways so much is because they don't want to consider being open. Now, this is what I'm going to say. I agree. As someone who's like a very sex positive person, like I am not the type of person to shame a man for wanting to do anything or experience anything. I think as human beings, we're naturally sexual in nature and whatever scratches your itch, you should do that because you need to be fulfilled and happy. I will say, I think it's different for same sex couples and heterosexual couples. The reason why is because the female anatomy is so difficult to navigate. If a guy, if my husband sleeps with a random girl, he's going to get off regardless. Will it be the best sex he's ever had? Maybe not. But like either way, he's probably going to ejaculate and he's going to enjoy himself. Me as a female, I need a partner who physically knows my body. I can't just be sleeping with random people because it's not enjoyable for me. Like, yeah, I'm just laying here butt naked. You're going to diddle me. I'm not going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to leave. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not it's not a fair trade because if my husband is diddle. out sleeping with people, he's having a fucking great time. I'm sleeping with random people and I'm like, I wish I was in my pajamas watching Real Housewives. Like, it's just not the trade isn't it's not an even trade. 
Well, would you would you even think that there's uh, some insinuation that it actually may not even be? Obviously, the sexuality is a part of it, um, and your orientation is a part of it, but also just like your your sex and your gender, like is I you know I'm, I'm it, I've I've read articles before. You know, gay men are far more promiscuous than lesbians um, and lesbian couples, especially in terms of open relationships. Some of that, I think that's really interesting. Like when it comes to basic anatomy and how different things are like, cause like you said, like guys can have sex and it's, you know, it half the time it's not, it's, it's very mediocre. It's fine. But like, it's still very easy to like get what you need and get yeah, out. But I, for women, sometimes you're with the same partner for six months before they learn your body and you can yeah. actually experience having sex, which I think is something we don't talk about. Right. Where it's like, we just expect for women, it's like, go out there, bust your pussy open, like have fun, which fine, do that. If that's something that you like, but there is something to be said about the intricacies of the female anatomy. It takes some time for you to actually find a partner that knows the way that your body works. Um, but what I will say for heterosexual relationships that are open most of the time from what I, from my experience and what I've heard, um, is that, the woman is seeking another woman. So I've heard of that. I've also heard of couples where the woman will have like a boyfriend. I think that's something that makes more sense to me because it's like, this is someone who I know, like I'm going to enjoy my experience with. Um, And also seeking women. Yeah. That's the right thing to do because they know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) Like don't be fucking sleeping with random straight men. One straight man is bad enough. Like now you want to sleep with a whole bunch of them. Like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 very interesting how parallel things can be. Everyone thinks everything is so different. It, sometimes experience isn't that far off in standard deviation at all. So my follow-up question for you, Shane, is similar to Sherry. So if you met someone tomorrow that you were like, I really like spending time with this person, and they give me that, you know fanny flutter that i'm looking for are you open to being in a relationship with them or if you're at this point deciding that you want to be single well i mean if they give me a fanny flutter then have you guys ever felt that so so i'm not gonna coin that i'm not gonna coin that that's my girl tinks who that's her like term that she uses but have you guys ever felt that before we're like The feeling of being in love or like having a crush on someone is like, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like that feeling that you just feel like the hottest bitch ever. Every day is the best day ever. Like you're the skinniest, you're the hottest, you have the best hair, your skin is fucking amazing. Like you just overall feel great. And it's that feeling of like that fanny flutter feeling. Like you like feel it, you feel a little tingle, you know? I hate to say this, but I, I don't think I've ever like truly experienced Oh, I want that for you so badly. It's such a good feeling. I'll take your word for it. Um, I thought about this question recently and I, I think what I, the way I would answer the most basic way to answer is that yes, in general, yes, I'm, 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 I, there's never been a time that I just haven't been totally open to possibility and open to that situation. And I think that it's healthy for myself to remain open um, because that also exposes me to other people and other relationships, because I think that people do and should be able to read energy. And like, I know I did go through a phase where I was like, I wasn't getting as much attention just from, just from everyday people, because there was like, I know that I was putting a wall 
up and I was putting up a block that this is not something that I'm interested in because at the end of the day, you're going out to bars. Like it, in general, that's what people are looking for. But I think the more complex, like, you know, asterisk next to that, yes, is I don't like, I, I would continue to seek things. I would continue to let things play out. I would continue to see that person. I would, con- you know, if, if we met at a bar and things were going great, and whether I went home with them or whether we just, you know, exchange numbers, I would like to go get a drink or like go get dinner and just treat them as I would like another stranger, like a friend that I get along with. And I would just let things play out the way that they're going to play out with an open mind. But I guess for me, I will immediately like start to sabotage things as soon as I start putting a label on it. So that's where I would hesitate with like the idea of like, are you open to being in a relationship? Not right off the bat. No, because I, it's the, it's the nature of saying, yeah, we're in a relationship. I would like the, the term, this is my boyfriend, like to be something that like gradually over time, it just kind of becomes it. Like I start seeing this person every day. I'm around them every day. I don't like dating with the mindset of being in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. I mean, you shouldn't end game anything in life. I think so often we do where it's like, and like I'm saying, like I'm open to being in a relationship and I'm actively looking. Another thing about me, I don't know that I'm ever going to be married in life. That's not something that I really truly need. Like I'd like to have a person. I know that I want to have kids. Do I know that I want to be like in a traditional marriage. I don't know that at this point, like if I get to that point, then maybe, but I think there's something to be said about learning to learn the person and grow with them. And so often I agree. I feel like we rush into things and are like, okay, I really like this person. He's got to be my boyfriend. It's like, girl, chill. Like there's time for us to get there. Like let's actually learn about them, figure out their wants, your wants, and if they are compatible and then we can go from there. Well, it can get you in trouble too. Cause I mean, I know it has for me where like, I, you know, the person eventually they're ready to have the conversation of like, what are we, what are we doing? And that's where I start to just go fuck because I can't blame them for having those feelings. But at the same time, that's whenever I start to check out and go like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know where it's at. I don't know what, what's going on, where I want it to go. I just, I just want it to, I just want it to do it. I just, I just want it to become whatever it becomes. Like yes, over but time, I think, I, that's hate an answer to that. I think that's an answer to that yeah. though. Like so often I've asked people, I think it's important for people to check in with people and see where they're at. Right. So often I'll be on oh, a date sure. with someone. I'm like, Hey, what are your, like, what are you doing at this stage in your life? Like, are you dating with intention? Are you just looking for something casual? There's no wrong answer. Like you can literally give me any answer at all. And I will accept it. Like, I'm not looking for an answer. I just want to know. And I think that's an answer too. just saying someone's like, Hey, where are we? Just simply answering. I don't know where we are is an answer. I was just saying, I think we've gotten to a place too, where I'm sure you guys have also experienced it. We're like, I, and I remember the moment that it clicked for me on a date where I had the realization that I was like, Oh, we're at the age now that like these dates are getting to a place that like, it's no longer just like, let's get to know each other a little bit. It's like, I want to know what your career aspirations are, what your long-term aspirations are. Do you want to get married? Do you want kids? It's, it's dates that I've been on. They become almost an interview in a way, which makes sense. I mean, you get to a place where like, someone is on a certain agenda and a certain schedule. Like I I need to know if I'm wasting my time here. Like we could be friends if that's what you want. But like, if you're interested in dating, I need to know that. And I need to know these things about you first because these are the things that are important to me. 
it's funny um, because that's what Dan said last last episode too, where he was talking about his relationship with Andy and how he knew he wanted to be in a relationship, and both of them were just really upfront and honest about what their expectations were. And I mean, it worked swimmingly. I think at some point as an adult, we have to take that stance with literally everything in our lives, right? At work, you show up every day. It's like, these are my expectations. I want to grow with this company. I'm looking to get a raise, get a promotion. Like we lay these things out with our managers all the time, but we don't do it in our day-to-day lives. We should be doing those same things with relationships, even friendships. Like you should be able to say, this is, this is what my expectations are. Are you open and willing to meet them? Um, I would say, um, that that actually is what my detriment is. I have like, so I get into the conversation, like you were saying, Shane, like I'm the person asking like, okay, where are we? What's up? Cause I feel this way. And usually someone is like, I do not want to be in a relationship with you. And I feel the opposite way where it's like, um, like, okay, so I guess I'm not good enough to be in a relationship with anyone because I fall into that where I'm like, okay, so here we are. I'm walking down the road. This this has happened to me often, which is also part a large part of the reason I stopped looking because the, pe- the people that they just wanted my company. I find that a lot of people just want to be friends with me and they want to be close friends. They don't want to be in a relationship. And I don't think that's fair to me as a person. And I have put up that boundary for myself. Like I'm not here for you to get the romantic part of the relationship, the closeness and me not get what I need. And, um, what was that second thing you said, Amanda, you just said something about, um, having Even like in yep. friendships. Well, it, I was going to say it lowers the pool you have. It's sometimes I've said this before where it's like, yeah, I have standards, but then you don't have get to have any fun. That's literally the reason why I do not have any intimacy right now. I 100% agree with you. That's why I think there's some, if you're looking for a partner, it's something that like gone are the days where you can passively find someone like that doesn't exist anymore. You actually have to be able to go out and say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. These are the people that meet my requirements. Like the way that I swipe on a dating app is literally like, it's an extreme sport. Like I'm looking for very specific things on your profile. If I don't see them, it's a ne- it's a next for me. You can be the hottest person I've ever seen. If you're not, if you don't have these basic things that I need, left. Like I'm not, I'm not going for it. I think sometimes you have to create your pool where it's like, you have to have an idea of what you're looking for. And so that way you can create the pool for yourself and say, Hey, based off of all of the people I vetted, you're one of the people who meets my requirements. Let's go out, see if there's a spark and see if we're on the same page, you know? Well, yes, that's, that's true. But that's to, I would say that's for people that are ready to do that. For me, I'm so far discouraged that I, it's, I have to pull myself out of that first to be active. If that makes sense. So no, that makes complete sense. It's like, I'm, I'm so sad about it. I'm kind of sad about it because I am, I am so my expectations are so low that I don't even want to try. I think that's fair. I do think you should put a time, a time limit on how much time you're taking to yourself, because what can happen is as people, one of our coping mechanisms is to retreat when things are uncomfortable and we don't like them. And 
honestly, life is uncomfortable. So I think it's fair to take time apart and say, I need this time to rebuild my confidence. But then at some point you have to say, this is the end date and I have to put myself out there because you don't want to be in a position where you're hiding from those hurtful feelings because it's more comfortable. Like I don't like that. I, me and my partner broke up and I spent literally five months crying. Like it was very, very, very painful. And I hope to never do it again, but it's all part of it. You know, like I learned so much from that, even just the feelings of being heartbroken. And it's like, I think it's fine to take the time to rebuild, but you don't want it to become a retreat forever, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying that it is, but I am saying most of the time that I put myself out there and got what I thought I wanted, it has been not what I actually wanted. If that makes sense. I have yes. never up until this point, I have not been fulfilled in the way that I needed to be in a relationship. It has all been pretty disastrous. And who's I'm almost 30. Like who's to say that I don't, I can't say I have those experiences that you have. You know what I mean? So it's a little different for me because I don't have anything to pull from. And I think that's fair. Last thing I'm going to say on this, because I think, of course, this is your life and you should do whatever you want to do with it. Last thing I'm going to say is I think what's constructive is look at the things that you've done in the past. And rather than saying that was scary and I don't want to do that again, therefore I'm not going to do it. You really need to take the time to critically look at the things you were doing so you can improve your experience the next time. Like I've had to take a really hard look at myself in this past relationship and say, why is it that I didn't get the things that I wanted? Well, a lot of the things were the things my partner was giving me. A lot of it was me because I was accepting a lot of shit that I should not have been accepting. And so it's that analysis that allows you to, it'll always be better next time. If you do that, you know what I mean? Like you, you'll never be in that same place. If you really take the time to think about how you got there. Well, I do understand where I feel like I'm the only one doing the work. Cause I actually very much understand it. I just feel like people are not willing to do the work with me. That's just, yeah. And I do have confirmation from people that I have been in relationships with that they just didn't, not all, but they just didn't want to do that with me. That hurts. Because you said all of these things. So what is it about? I feel like good luck, Chuck. I've said that to you before. I'm usually the person that you date before you get with the person you're going to be with forever. I don't want to feel that way. I'm not good luck, Chuck. I'm not right. like your bridge. But yeah, I don't honestly, think it's true that no one wants to be in a relationship with you. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that are literally begging for a Sherry in their lives, but they haven't met well, you yet. Because now you that access has out. been revoked. Before that could have happened, now I will not be in a relationship with people. I'm putting... I'm sure a lot of people want to be in a relationship with me. They get pretty much fucking everything. But I'm at a point where where I now you have to meet my standard. And I think that I know I have not said anything because I've just been listening because it's been very interesting to listen to. But I think what you just said is what I was going to say something ago, which is that I think if it's going to be a choice that you're making for your own self-worth and for what you deserve, then definitely. However, I think it's also important to realize, like I know how you mentioned, like you've gotten confirmation from exes and stuff like that about what they've said. I think you need to take all of those things with the grain of salt. That's coming from somebody trying not to make themselves the villain of a situation. And they're trying to make themselves feel like it wasn't me. It was not me. This is not my fault. And I think that anytime you talk to like an ex about those kind of things, that always has to be taken with a grain of salt. Because if you focus on that and you focus on what they say, Mm -hmm. it's only going to make you feel negative. And if you use that as your reasoning for making the decision to not put yourself out there as much. 
I think that's where it could start a, a, a more like a negative downfall on your own, I, like mental health and what you deserve. I understand that. You deserve, am, you deserve it. I am able to make a distinction. You guys, I'm not in like a, like a, a, a I don't know. I, I'm not a spinster that's going to get 26 cats. I don't feel that way. What I'm saying is this is me being selective. That's me analyzing what happened, what the problem is and taking time away from the sample size that I have. Um, I do not feel, I said, I feel like people don't want to be in relationships with me. I do think that's true because I think people have a different idea of me than what I present. I think people think I'm super calm. I'm actually very sensitive. A lot of people, they, they hang out with me one-on-one. They're like, who the fuck is this? Where is that bitch that's on Selah tea? You know what it is? It's Tink's reverse box theory as women no matter who we meet, it's like, how do I make this person my husband? How do I make yes. this person my boyfriend? It's like, yes. it's, you don't even fucking know if he showers every day. Why the fuck are you planning yes. your wedding? Like, that's just nuts. But we all yes. do it as women. We all do it where it's like, how do I make this man fall in love with me? Like, girl, mm-hmm. do you even like him? He is fucking gingivitis. Right. So Not it's like, it opens a, he, right. <laughs> it opens a Pandora's box. Cause I'm like, Ooh, someone's interested in me. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm like, I'm writing his name on notebooks. I'm yes. like buying, um, cups with our names on it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I have never done that though. I've never been like, Ooh, I like that guy. I'm going to date him. That has never happened. It's always Sherry, been someone no, pursuing me and style. I pursue Sherry, that. Sherry's seen me in action, dog. There have been times where I've yes, seen a man one time lot. and I'm like, I'm going to make that man. I'm going to make that man fall in love with me because I just see yeah. something in him. And baby, like the first like, like week I, I met you, that happened. And I was and then like, you smell that gingivitis breath. And you said, never mind, bitch. No, sir. <laughs> no. Just like that. Never please. mind, bitch. Yeah. No, Sherry, I think no. all of where you're at is honestly really. I think it's it makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you for sharing so candidly, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who are in the same position you are in right now in life where it's Mm -hmm. like this shit is just not fun. Honestly, it's just really not like the part before you find the person is like the fucking worst part ever. Like, it's horrible. And it's especially not fun in the middle of a pandemic, which is where like that was no. what I mentioned back at the beginning of this, which is like, I understand this whole like not putting yourself out there. I mean, like it's hard for everybody to put yourself out there right now. We've been inside for a year. So like at that point, like getting back out in person and being around people like the dates that I've been on have frankly, I mean, I, I just, I just went on one and it was actually great. I had a really great time, but like that was the first one that I've been on that was like actually like decent and not weird and socially awkward where we just talked about what a crazy year it's been for like an hour and then just <laughs> got depressed and left like, and like my social skills are- i'm just yeah i'm just now learning how to talk to people again like at bars yes. and in person without being like so what did you do all year like crazy to be back yeah. out in public again yeah like did you gain yeah. the quarantine uh, 15 like, what and it's the like i don't i don't have that experience because i've been working in an actual bar where I talk to people every day for the past year and a half. So <laughs> like if, if I had that conversation happen to me, Shane, I would walk out. I'm, I can't do this. Like, that's how I feel. They're not fun. And you said the same thing. Yeah. Again. No. Yeah. I'm good. Well, I thank you both for sharing. It's really funny. Cause I mean, although we're all single, we're in very different positions in our single life, which I think is it's all valid wherever you are. I mean, it all matters. I think 
what's important at this point when you're single is really truly like putting yourself first, whatever that means. So like for me, I have a note in my phone where it's like, this is what I'm looking for in a partner. Like they're not super specific. Well, some of them are really specific, but some of them are just like open-ended shit. And I can go on a date with someone, take a look at that list and say, you know, does he have any of these things that I said to myself, I'm really looking for in a partner? He doesn't. Okay, cool. We don't need to hang out again. You know? Y'all, this is the prime reason why I, one of my friends sent me a thing the other day and it was someone on Twitter who said, I love being the guest artist for a couple. And I said, if this ain't me, bitch, that is, that has been my vibe for a year and a half. That's just like, you know what? Let me not make it messy. I'm going to go just find two people that are already into each other, be a little guest artist moment, pop out and go home to my dog. I love that for you. But Jack, he told me he wants a dad, another one. He already has a dad. Also, no, he, no, he to, doesn't. He, to Every, home. he sure doesn't. Every time that I invite a boy over here, he gets pissed. He gets jealous. There was one one of the last dates that like a guy came over to my house. The first, like whenever I kissed him for the first time, Jack was up on the couch in between the two of us. Like, um, who's kissing my daddy? Is. He said, like, oh, get, you're about to kiss my dad. Not he in gets front of jealous. Me. He's jealous. It's hard to have guys before. over here. Yeah. Well, this has been an illuminating conversation, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will be excited to hear. And honestly, we'll keep you updated if anything changes. Um, And like I said, if you have anyone out there for me that you think would be a good match, I mean, hey, throw them my way. I'm totally open. If you would like to pitch yourselves, um, just slide in our DMs, honestly, and we will vet from there. (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's what we should do maybe we should do a segment where like all the people that want to be featured all the single p- people they can send us like a little profile and we could post it got it a little yeah. speed dating moment and then you can be yeah, like a man and you can be you can be extreme swiping yeah <laughs> no the way i swipe is like very like people are like you are really militant on I'm like, mission yeah. <laughs> i'm on a mission i'm not i'm not playing these games like it's just not for me what's your go-to app Hinge. Hinge. For gays, it's like Tinder is the dating app for gays because we have Grindr. I know that Tinder for straight people is like the hookup app. Yeah, Hinge is really great if you haven't gone on it. I don't know what it's like for like same-sex couples, but I really recommend it because it's more about personality than it is about photos. So like Tinder and Bumble, it's like mostly pictures. Hinge they ask you like all of these prompts and you have to answer them. And it tells you a lot about the person's personality. And then when people are liking your profile, they have to respond to something that's like on your profile. It's not a general swipe, right? So like if it's a conversation starter that you have on your profile, they can respond to that. Like example, one that's a very hot topic on my hinge is I said that Popeye's won the chicken sandwich war. And I get so many people replying to that, telling me that it was damn Chick-fil-A. And that's when I said... Immediate blocked. We're yeah. not. We're, yeah, we're not. Not Chick Fil A. Right the side of homophobia and conversion right therapy. Honey. Into the motherfucking trap. Got your ass. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that is it for this episode. I appreciate you both for being so open and honest. I know it's not easy. Um, being in your late twenties and dating in this world is just it's not fun at all. And I don't think people are honest about that. But I think you're both wonderful and you deserve to be with whoever you want in whatever capacity that you want to be with them in. And that's, what's great about today's day and age. We can do whatever the fuck we want. And it's amazing. Likewise. 
Sherry, do you want to count us down in your in your like sexy little like ASMR voice? Give me some Delilah. Let me see if I can access again. Oh my um, gosh, that was so perfect. That was seamless, bitch. Okay. You know, I had me. focal training once upon a time, just for a moment. And um, I had coffee Arthur this Lesak. morning. Yeah, and it, it reactivated today. Okay, are we ready? And three, two, one. We, we out. out. Wow. <laughs> that was 